This program is a collaboration of personal opinions and individual free thought. It does not represent the views or narrative of the mainstream corporate media hacks. Viewer discretion is advised. And here we go. Gentlemen, boys and girls, it is uh, time for the live edition of the Break the Bell podcast. As you can see, I am without Bill. Bill bailed on me once again because Bill sucks and he's apparently... Let me turn the lights up. It's really dark in here without Bill. Um, he's apparently celebrating this, uh, this American festive holiday, this uh, 4th of July. Um, so he's not with us. He's he's kind of being a little bitch once again. He, Bill has bailed more, I think, this in the last month on this show than he has in the entire rest of the three years that we've been running the show. So um, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, he's on the verge of getting fired, um, which which I don't think anybody would be too upset about if we fired him. Um, so uh, Bill, I think it's like three strikes you're out policy here at the break the bell podcast so you might want to get your ass back here how's everybody doing out there i mean this is gonna be probably a short one because i don't have bill like i said um to to throw ideas off of i don't have bill to interrupt me when i'm trying to make a point um i don't have bill to uh um uh, get us way off track and off topic which is all the things that bill does and he does a great job of it so if you miss bill let me know that you miss bill out there and if bill if you're listening um you're probably going to be fired it is right now it is july 3rd one day before the 4th of july obviously so this is like 4th of july eve special i guess i want to even call it a special it's it's going to be short and sweet probably I, I say that a lot but usually i end up going way over my time um but it's gonna i i just wanted to kind of reflect on this holiday the fourth of july independence day um whatever it is we call it here in in your neck of the woods um by the time this is released it will be the fifth of july so it'll kind of be a a rerun for y'all but still it, it it's hopefully good info um it's just Stuff I've looked into, stuff I've been thinking about regarding the Fourth of July, and like kind of where we're at as a as a country, um, two hundred some freaking years since the Declaration of Independence, since the the American Revolution, the War for Independence, are breaking free from the the tyranny that was uh, uh, the British government or the British rule. So. Um, who's in the comments? Derek Ambrose is here. He says, I'll interrupt you as much as I can. Hashtag fire bill. Let's get a hashtag fire bill 
as a trending hashtag out there because um, if I get enough of them, maybe just maybe we'll fire Bill. And he's not here to defend himself, so um, I can talk as much shit as I want. Um, but as I was saying, I am I'm going to be kind of reflecting on uh, Independence Day, um, like what started all that. I guess I mean we all have our generic story, our um, what like seventh grade U.S. history story. Um, did y'all take the Constitution like course? have a big constitution test in like eighth grade where you like for me school has gotten so like pussified i mean this is total side side tangent um for me the constitution test like we had to basically memorize it seemed like we had to memorize the constitution it was like several week courses from my memory but i remember it was like basically college level um lecture for an eighth grader, because I had to bring one of the, you, you remember those old school cassette recorders, not the little handheld recorders we carry around now. It was like the cassette, big ass, like freaking six, like eight inch cassette recorder that, and we had to bring those in and record this freaking lecture so we could go home every single night and take notes on what this, this eighth grade teacher who thought he was a college professor um, had to say regarding the constitution. Um, needless to say, I still remember quite a bit about it because of all the freaking, um, all the effort, all the studying I had to put in to pass that. Because if you didn't pass the U.S. Constitution test, you didn't graduate eighth grade. Like It wasn't like, hey, if you fail this and pass everything else, you can skate by. If you didn't pass it, I'm pretty sure you didn't pass eighth grade. And Things are not like that anymore, um, thanks to like the No Child Left Behind Act and shit like that, and the pussification of the school system. But um, I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I am going to talk a little bit about like the the basic knowledge we have of the Revolutionary War and what led to Independence Day, and then just kind of dig into that just a little bit. I want to talk about taxation because that seems to be a big issue amongst libertarians, like the whole taxation is theft mantra that they, they say. Um, and I'm sure everybody knows this by now. I, I would hope that you at least took school long enough to long enough ago to realize that the Revolutionary War had a lot to do with taxes and a lot to do with taxation without representation. So I want to dig into that a little bit too. Before I do, obviously I got to say, check us out all over social media. This is where we are. We're on social media. That's how uh, things, information gets out there these days. Um, you can find us at our handle, which is break the bell pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I don't do hardly anything on Instagram anymore because um, it's, I, I hate Instagram and I saw every time I get on Instagram, I would scroll through um, and all I would see was like underage girls in, throughout everything, underage girls and basically not wearing very much clothing. And it wasn't like I click on that and make my algorithm say to show me these things. It's just what was there. And I'm just like, you know what? I fucking hate Instagram because of this. And we all have heard that Instagram kind of uh, perpetuates like 
exploitation of teens and stuff. So I was like, I'm not really going to support this anymore. And I deleted it from my phone. So I really don't have um, Instagram, but I, I still have a handle. So um, if Instagram has gotten better somehow, let me know and maybe I'll start hanging out on Instagram again. Uh, Derek says, we had to memorize the preamble to the Constitution. I did too. That I, I completely forgot about that one, but I'm pretty sure... I could still recite most of the preamble of the Constitution um, if if I was thinking about it right now. But I'm not going to do it for you because I'll probably butcher it. Derek, if you can, uh, you want to come sometime, maybe we'll release that as a bonus episode of Derek Ambrose um, reciting the preamble of the Constitution. Uh, check out our website which can be found at www.breakthebellpod.com. You can get access to some of our kick-ass merchandise, such as the I Won't Eat Your Bugs shirt. Uh, we fought we fought wars to not have to eat bugs. So um, the, the We Are Not Your Pawn shirt, um, some merchandise logo, or some, some brand logo on T-shirts and cups and stuff. Man, I'm going to really have a hard time doing this. Usually, usually I spend the time that, that Bill is talking, trying to collect my thoughts in my head. But I have to collect them as I'm speaking, which is rather difficult to do. So um, you have to bear with me flying solo on this, which doesn't happen for a reason. Reason It very rarely happens, and there's a good reason for that, because it's not that good. So uh, you get to put up with me for this 4th of July special, I guess we're, we're calling it. Um, I'm going to get right into this intro video, and I'm just going to kick this thing off. Like I said, this is going to be shorter and sweeter because I I have other things I want to do leading up to the 4th of July. And you probably don't want to sit here and listen to me uh, drone on for two freaking plus hours. So I'm going to get into this intro video, and when I come back, let's talk about the 4th of July. I'll be right back. What did you say? <laughs> You talking to me? What? What the heck are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? What did you say? What did you say? Are you talking to me? Well, maybe he was talking to me. What in heaven's name are you talking about? Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby! Did you just say? What did you say? You listen to me. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me? What the hell are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Beautiful music there. Beautiful ancient recording of the national anthem. 
I mean, we all know, we all recognize it, hopefully by now. I mean, there it is contested over whether we should have a new um, national anthem, whether we should have two national anthems, which I guess to each their own, whatever your opinion is. Um, just thought I'd play that just to get into the Independence Day spirit. You don't really hear people calling it the Independence Day spirit. You hear like Christmas spirit and Halloween spirit, but never like 4th of July spirit. I guess that's called patriotism, which is like not, which is like a negative thing these days. If you say you're a patriot, then you're a terrorist, obviously. Um, Derek is just messaging random messages, so I'm going to read them. He's like... Uh, texting to the wrong people he happens to be texting to this show when he's supposed to be messaging somebody else <laughs> he said waves maybe definitely waves derek definitely waves um but then he said to disregard because he didn't mean to message that to me but i'm i didn't disregard it because this is my show you're messaging my show you're interrupting me with your um misappropriated texts so i'm going to read them and i'm not going to i'm going to regard them because um it's my show um how what what are you all doing for i'm not done with music that music just wasn't didn't put me in the mood so let's get a little more music going what do you all do on the fourth of july like what is your tradition like it's typically a day where we most people, I would say, probably grill out like burgers or hot dogs, something American. It's not usually, I don't really hear of like steaks on the 4th of July or like, um, I, I don't know. Usually it's like super American, like simple burgers or hot dogs and chips and I don't know, watermelon or something like that. Usually, obviously, we got to drink beer. I mean, this is America, we drink beer on the 4th of July. Probably go swimming in a pool if you have access to a pool. Um, most people either A, watch fireworks. They go sit in grass and watch things go boom in the sky that are lots of colors. Or you blow your fingers off lighting your own fireworks, which is much more entertaining. And I am not in any way saying anything negative about that because I would much rather be risking my own fingers versus sitting and watching somebody else risk their fingers. Um, so what do you guys do? Derek, you seem to be the only one participating in this conversation. What do you do on the 4th of July? Let me know and I will, I will read it. Text it to somebody else or try to text to somebody else and I will read it for you. Uh, so we're, we're celebrating what exactly Independence Day are split from the tyrannical King George. King, it was George, right? That's what I got written down, so I'm saying King George. Split from awful, awful atrocities such as, look at this. I mean, as we're eating American burgers, this is the shit that the British are eating. I saw this pop up a couple days ago. It says, I don't think there's any denying that a medium rare steak boiled the UK, the UK way is 
100 Flavor Town. You could be eating this shit if we didn't fight a war. We fought, we lost so many good soldiers so you didn't have to eat boiled rare steak tomorrow. Is there anything, any British food that has any sort of flavor? Isn't like the most disgusting thing that you've ever seen? Anytime I see like a person from the UK posting their like Instagram foodie shots, it always makes me want to vomit. Derek says, no more fucking hot dogs or chips. I'm still two weeks out from serving 800 of them in four hours. Going to be watching fireworks and helping kids with 4-H fair projects. Nothing like waiting till the last minute. I mean, it's what I do. Works out usually in my, my favor to wait to the last minute. Derek, if you don't want to eat more fucking hot dogs and chips, you could be eating this uh, medium rare boiled steak the UK way. I mean, maybe that tickles your fancy a little bit more. I don't know. Looks fucking disgusting, though. So this whole, we, we kind of know this whole story. Again, like I said, from seventh grade, probably fifth grade, probably earlier, the whole American Revolution, Declaration of Independence, breaking free from the tyranny and the disgusting food. Um, the story goes usually something like this or at least from our memory this is this is kind of how we remember the story great britain or england or whatever we call it imposed like kept imposing like raising taxes kept putting taxes on the tea putting taxes like the stamp act they're just taxing and taxing and taxing and we're like we don't want that shit anymore uh we're tired of your taxation uh they we threw the tea in the boston harbor the boston tea party we all remember that um there was the Boston Massacre, where people got fucking shot and killed, the, the shot rent heard around the world, and then Declaration of Independence. You can't forget about the Declaration of Independence. You got your founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, um, Benjamin Franklin, you know, all the, the, the main characters. And then, eventually, there's freaking war. Why is my battery dying? I have this thing plugged in. No, I don't have this plugged in. Hang on. I'm back. I went to plug shit in and things things just like stopped. I plugged the wrong shit in. That's why. Audio is good. Good. So I'm here. Um, like I said, trying to do things. Flying solo. So um, things started uh, my computer wasn't plugged in and i went to plug it in then i plugged in the wrong thing and then i lost everything and it was it was a tragedy so i'm just gonna get into this this kind of basic for kids edition of the american revolution because um we gotta have a we gotta have a refresher course here this is from Ducksters.com. It is like a child's version of the revolutionary story as we know it. Let me get this pulled up. God, everything is going so dumb. American Revolution. The American Revolution was a time when the British colonists in America re rebelled against 
uh, the rule of Great Britain. There were many battles fought, and the colonies gained their freedom and became the independent country of the United States. The American Revolutionary War lasted from 1775 until 1783. Before the American Revolution, there were several British colonies in the Americas. Not all of them participated in the revolution. Well, I think it stands to reason that if they didn't participate, they shouldn't be able to participate in um, all the freedoms that we all got to enjoy afterwards. All the freedoms from the abomination of boiled steak. Uh, they're just sitting back and like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to help you fight. But it, um, either way, if you win, we get we get to participate. If we lose, then we'll just keep being part of Great Britain. That's fine. I didn't realize not all the, the colonies um, participated. I thought we all just got together and we're like, you know what? This shit sucks. Let's form our own things. But some people were like, nah, not so much. Uh, Derek says, uh, participation trophy by proxy. Yeah, the, pr pretty much. Uh, it says 13 colonies ended up rebelling. They were Delaware, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Georgia, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, New Hampshire, New York, and Rhode Island. Now, in, in all fairness, only 13 stars got put on that flag. So I don't know, again, I don't know which colonies didn't participate, but um, only 13 stars made it on that first flag. So it was like a big kind of fuck you to all the others that didn't didn't participate. So I, I don't know how long it took for them to decide, you know what? We're going to put more than 13 stars. We're going to add you guys in. But for a while there, it was like, yeah, um, you weren't part of this. So you don't get a fucking star. Representation. Now, this is a big thing we got to. I'm going to talk about uh, because this is something I mean, we hear about the taxes being the issue, but we don't really talk too much about the representation part being the issue. One of the main reasons the colonists rebelled against Great Britain is that they felt they were not represented in the British government. The British government was making new laws and taxes on the colonies, but the colonies had no say. They wanted to have some say in the British government if they were going to pay high taxes and live by British law. War. War did not happen right away. First, there were protests and arguments, then some small skirmishes between the colonists and local British army. Things just got worse and worse over the course of the years until the colonies in Great Britain were at war. So it just like gradually boiled over to war, it sounds like. Each colony, so this is independence, each colony had its own local government. In 1774, they each elected officials to represent them at the First Continental Congress. This was the first effort of the colonies to unite and make a single government. In 1776, the Second Continental Congress declared independence on the of the United States from Great Britain. A new government. The new government of the United States was different than the government of the colonists' homeland. Great Britain. They decided they didn't want to be ruled by a king anymore. They wanted a government that was ruled by the people. The new government would be a democratic government with leaders elected by the people and a balance of power to make sure no one could become king. A um, couple interesting facts, I guess. I guess we'll read this part. The first shot fired in the American Revolution was April 19, 1775, and it's called the shot heard round the world. 
Uh, number two, John Adams was the defense attorney for the British soldiers involved in the Boston Massacre. Uh, he would later become a great leader in the revolution and the second president of the United States. That seems weird to me. He defended the British soldiers that were involved in the Boston Massacre, which was one of the events that led up to the war in the first place. And then he ends up becoming one of the founding fathers, supposedly, of the United States after he defended the people on the other side. So I'm not sure how that freaking works out, but that's interesting. George Washington, the original GW, the first president only attended school until he was 14. He became commander of the Virginia militia when he was just 23 years old. Um, although the war between the colonies and Great Britain, although the war was between the colonies and Great Britain, other countries got involved as well. The French were a major ally to the colonies, and there were French, German, and Spanish soldiers who fought in the war. So that's all you need to know. Just that like short little six paragraph uh, thing about the Revolutionary War. It's pretty basic. Um, very long story short. But the key thing, like I was saying, is that taxation without representation part. And they kind of gloss over that. They're like, you know what? Um, the colonists felt they were not represented in the British government and they wanted to have some say in the British government. It doesn't talk anything, say anything about taxes. It just says they wanted some say in the British government. Now, the biggest thing here, and we hear this all the time, um, taxes, the taxes were too high. The Boston Tea Party was over taxes. Uh, we fought a war over taxes. And what's interesting to me is looking at the tax rates then versus today. Tax, the tax rate, the overall tax rate for everything that the colonists were being taxed was approximately 1.4% of the money that each person had or made or whatever. I don't know if that, I don't think it wasn't like income tax, but it was like tax on everything. They, they paid 1.4% was their tax rate. Today's income tax. I got this pulled up. It's uh bankrate.com. It gives us kind of a look at the income tax today. Let me scroll down. So here's the tax brackets here for the April 2023 tax season. If you make zero to $10,000, your income tax, this is just income tax, mind you, not all the other taxes. Uh, if you make $0 to $10,275 as a single individual, your tax rate is 10%. The lowest tax bracket is 10% compared to 1.4% back in 1774 when we're like, fuck all these taxes. We're going to start a war. We're going to break away from this shit. 1.4 uh, versus 10%. Uh, 10,000 something dollars up to $41,000 is 12%. On down, if you make, this is probably higher than median, I would say, 89,000 to 170,000, you're in the 24% tax bracket. 
If you make $539,901 or more, that's really specific. $539,901 or higher, your tax bracket, your tax rate is 37 fucking percent. Over a third of what you make is taxable income. Uh, Derek also says, how many politicians do we have to 1776 to get back to 2% tax? None. I mean, I would love to get down to like the 10, 10% tax bracket. I guess maybe if I'm only making uh, zero to $10,000, I guess I could enjoy that luxury. But 37 fucking percent for people that make $500,000 or more. That is insanity. That I mean, you want to compare? Uh, we we fought a fucking war for one point four percent. We're sitting at thirty seven percent, and people, some people think that's not freaking high enough. Like billionaires should be paying like fifty percent of their taxes uh, to offset their billions. Fifty percent, like half of what you make. I mean, I would. I would take a pay cut of a dollar to get back down to that, at least the 35%. If I made $539,901, I would go down to that $539,900. I'd just be like, I'm I'm giving up a dollar pay cut just to get down 2%. And that's this whole curve thing is kind of retarded too, uh, because like 2% for an extra dollar. I don't understand. The people that are like, well, obviously the billionaire or like the people that make 500,000 or more should be paying more of the tax. They should be um, giving they they should be carrying more of that burden than people that make zero to ten thousand dollars. That's why we have this tax curve, this tax bracket. Do you understand that a flat percent tax would do exactly that? Let's say everybody paid a flat tax of 10 percent. The billionaire is still going to pay more dollars than the person that makes $10,000. It's just how math works. That's how basic math works. Flat tax just seems to make more fucking sense. I don't know. I'm not going to go off on that that train. But we can see here, like like we always talk. I've even heard people say, you know, uh, the, the, the wars were fought over taxes. Look at the taxes. The wars weren't weren't fought the revolutionary war wasn't fought over high taxes clearly because the colonists were paying next to nothing before the taxes went up the colonists were basically not taxed at all i mean britain even came and fought fucking wars here uh a few years before like the what we used to call the french and indian war i don't know if we can still call it that the the seven year war whatever we're calling it these days and then that's when 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 great britain got into all these these wars all of a sudden they were like you know what we fought a war for you we're going to start taxing you and then the colonists were like fuck that uh we don't have anybody in like our own representation in the government so why would we pay taxes on things that we have zero say in? The whole taxation without represent, representation 
mantra. Um, and it makes sense. It's like, if you have no say in what your government does or spend your money on, why would you give them, why would you want to give them your money? It's like, I, I have no control over where this money is going. I'm not going to give it to you. Sounds kind of, I, I feel like we can apply that to today. I feel like we may be living in a time of taxation without representation. Not sure. I mean, I'm not like some political scientist or anything like that, like poli-sci major or anything like that. So I'm just saying from my perspective, I feel like we're living in an era and we probably have for a hundred years now in an era of taxation without representation. And I'll get into that here in a little bit, but I want to get it. I want to read this article here. This is actually from taxfoundation.org. And it talks a little bit about taxation without representation. It's a, it, it's titled taxation representation in the, the American revolution. It says, in his day, James Otis was a prominent lawyer, legislator, and patriot, but today his name is all but forgotten. But when all else fails, or all else fades from memory, words enduring, his rallying cry of taxation without representation is tyranny, becomes the watchwords of the American Revolution, and remain familiar to our ears. American independence, which we celebrate this week, was born of a tax revolt. That revolt had little to do with the tax rates. So when we see this 1.4% versus the 37% has nothing to do, little to nothing, probably nothing at all to do with the tax rate. Oppressive, oppressive levels of taxation have fomented other, other rebellions, but not this one. The truth is colonists paid very little in taxes directly or indirectly. Tax burdens in the colonies were incredibly light, far lighter than in England, and woefully insufficient to cover the cost of colonial administration. Nor did the luminaries of the American Revolution operate under their misapprehension that taxes would go down if they won their independence. So that's saying uh, our, our founding fathers didn't have this disillusion that, hey, if we go fight this war, we gain our independence, taxes go bye-bye, go or at least we'll go down. No, they were like, Actually, taxes are probably going to fucking go up because England's not going to like us anymore. They're probably going to tariff the shit out of things. Um, we're going to have our own taxes that we got to impose. They probably just wanted to make the money themselves. Our founding fathers like, you know, that tax money could be coming to us rather than somebody else. And we could get rich instead of the king of England. Not saying that's what they said, but looking at government today, that's pro if if government back then, like politicians back then, were the same as politicians today, uh, that would be more likely the scenario. Set aside for a moment the financing of a long and destructive war. A new nation re would receive no subsidies from the mother country. It would likely face even more punitive tariff regime than the restrictions under which the colonies already operated. It would have to fund its own administration and it would have to take up costs of national defense. Even under the shaky framework of the Articles of Confederation, it was clear from the start that victory in this tax revolt meant paying more in taxes, not less. So why did they do it? <clears throat> because for champions of American independence, the problem was not 
that taxes were high, but that they were arbitrary, occasionally capricious and putative, and most importantly, adopted without the consent of the governed. Taxation and consent have long been entwined even under relatively unrepresented governments. There are many things that governments can do against the wishes of the people, but taxation is too large of an undertaking to be accomplished without at least tacit consent. Throughout history, tax compliance has been the exception rather than the rule. Champions of liberty, moreover, have recognized their power to resist taxation as a vital bargaining chip in securing other liberties. That's really important there. Throughout, like our existence, before our existence as a country, people understood that taxation was a bargaining chip to get what they wanted. It's kind of like the labor unions. They do their bargaining. If they don't get what they want, um, they just go on strike. And for the most part, if enough of them go on strike, the union or the, the, the companies need the workers. And so we can do, a, we can work more. That, that's their bargaining chip is just going, just stop fucking working. And in this situation, our, uh, the taxpayer's bargaining chip is the money that we we give that we provide for the government. It's not really in our heads anymore. Like what happened to uh, our use of this bargaining chip? What happened to you know what? We don't like what you're doing. We're not going to fucking pay our taxes. And if enough of us did it. I mean, shit would get done. I mean, if a couple of us are just like, you know, taxation is theft, uh, we're not going to pay our taxes. Nothing's obviously nothing's going to get done. But collectively, taxation is a vital bargaining chip. We don't really think that way today, but the government knows it. The government knows that tax taxation is a vital bargaining chip. Do you remember? Do you remember this article from last year? I think we talked about it. The IRS hired armed agents last year willing to use deadly force and surveillance in all 50 states. You remember this one? We're like, why the fuck does the IRS need armed agents? Well, because the IRS and the government know that taxation is a vital bargaining chip. If people aren't, if people got smart if people got like savvy and they they actually started to fucking work together they could just instead of like forming some sort of freaking uh domestic terrorist cell or something like that we could all just get together and just be like you know what we're gonna take down the fucking government and they're like what are we gonna do are you all right Obviously, the the FBI agents infiltrated in our little group. They're like, "Are you gonna go uh, kidnap the governor?" <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. It's fucking stupid. I got a little baby spider. Uh, are you gonna go like blow up a federal building? <laughs> no, that'd be fucking stupid. So, what are you guys gonna do? We're just gonna not pay our taxes. That's it. The government could shut down. You could change the the direction that your government moves just by us all collectively saying, I'm not going to fucking pay my taxes. 
The greatest part of it is they hired 350 plus jobs, IRS, armed IRS agents. If, say, a thousand of us, it's going to take more than a thousand of us, a thousand of us decided I'm not going to pay my taxes. It's not a whole lot 350 armed IRS agents is going to do. Instead, they got us arguing about and looking for domestic terrorism. Uh, They got us arguing about like which bathroom we're supposed to be using. They got us arguing. And if we all just collectively said, I don't like the way this is going, I'm not paying for your services anymore. Government shuts down. I mean, just like union workers going on strike, it shuts down. It just it just fucking shuts down. I mean, it's got to be as rigid as a union worker strike, though. Like, we got to shame the people that are still paying the taxes when we decide to collectively do this. Be like, no, you're crossing that picket line by paying your taxes. Fuck them all. I mean, it's just... It's like when Bud, Bud Light decided to put that Mulvaney person on their on their freaking um advertising and everybody's like we don't like the direction you're going with this putting that putting that tranny on your beer we're not going to drink your beer no more and what happened enough people didn't drink the beer and things start like they they come out make public statements they're like no that wasn't good enough we're still not going to drink lots of money lost probably going to change the direction if not probably going to change the direction that some of these corporations decide to take um because there's power in your your money because they don't exist without your money just like the government you want to make a difference yeah you can vote all fucking day long probably going to make little to no difference at this point but if we all stop paying our fucking taxes guess what we're not sending to ukraine anymore Guess what? We're not uh, paying for uh, gender studies in freaking Lithuania or wherever. You don't like uh, paying for uh, the what the college forgiveness plan, the college tuition forgiveness plan. You don't like that? Everybody just stop paying your fucking taxes, and it doesn't happen. I'm probably going to get an IRS agent knocking on my door um, for advocating that we all just collectively stop fucking paying our taxes. But our founding fathers knew that tax or like resisting taxation was a vital bargaining chip to securing our liberties. It says, it says. Uh, Back back to this article that I was on. It says the withholding of revenues forced King John to parley with his nobles at Runnymede, yielding Magna Carta. The fight over ship money originally a requirement that coastal cities build and provision ships during the time of war, ultimately morphing into a requirement that all communities can contribute funds even in peacetime, helped predicate the English Civil War. And the need to impose taxes helped the English Parliament secure its own power. Uh, taxes are what brought power to Parliament because this this explains this, but I'm just going to give it in my own words. Uh, the king, there was the king, and then there was Parliament, and the Parliament was kind of government, and then the king was kind of like the the fucking king. Well, the king was like didn't really 
give two shits about parliament. If he didn't like what they're, the, the laws that they made, he'd just have them arrested. However, the one thing that the king couldn't do was make himself rich. He couldn't, he couldn't impose, like, he couldn't get money from the people himself. Parliament had to pass tax laws. So Parliament would make these kind of deals with the king and be like, you know, you give us a little more power, we'll get you a little more taxes. So you keep getting fucking rich and we keep getting more powerful. It was kind of their, their it's kind of like how shit goes today. It's like, you know, uh, like lobbyists. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll give, give you the power you want if you just get us the money that our company or our corporation or whatever we're lobbying for. If you pass laws that make us richer, we'll give you more power than you could possibly think of. That's, that's how um, it kind of like the taxes and the parliament and the king kind of worked out in England to begin with. It's like parliament wasn't that, that big, but they're like, you know, um, we'll scratch your back. You scratch ours. We'll get you the tax money if you let us have a little more control, a little more power, a little more um, of the piece of the pie. It says, uh, Parliament after Parliament traded its agreement to taxes for increased power over the prerogative of government. Colonists knew their English history. Uh, James Otis wasn't entirely original. Um the earliest attested precursor to taxation without representation as tyranny came out of the ship money disputes that I read about a few minutes ago. Says there can be little doubt that taxes hold pride of, of place in the cause of the American Revolution. Colonists protest the Stamp Act and the Navigation Acts. They rechristened one set of parliament enactments, the Intolerable Acts, which left little room for interpretation. Uh, they boycotted dutiable goods led by troublemakers like Samuel Adams and John Hancock. They turned turned to smuggling to evade tariffs, and of course they brewed their tea in the Boston Harbor. Clearly the colonists did not care for British taxes, but mainly they did not care for the fact that they, were, they weren't consulted about them. Um, let's see. There's one part that I wanted to read most. I think it's towards the bottom. Let's see. It says the colonies could elect their own members of parliament, perhaps. Oh, so these are some solutions. It says to the colonists, though, uh, these were sopped. Uh, neither gave them meaningful say over their own taxation. Taxation without representation was still tyranny, be those taxes ever so low. Whatever else taxation should be, it had to be by the consent. The idea at once steeped in British history and radically revolutionary remains an animating principle not only in taxation but for the whole american experiment that's something worth celebrating this independence day one thing it, it mentions and i don't want to read that deep into it but it says the power of the purse belongs to the people so i want to talk just a little bit about taxation without representation let me there we go uh derek says the irs is the mafia sure would be a shame if something happened if you didn't pay your taxes. Uh, true story. So we we fought this war. We fought against taxation without representation. So that means now we have, obviously, have taxation with representation. That makes sense, right? We have a 
representative democracy where we vote these politicians in and then they go up to Washington and they enact policies or they 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 work on policies for us. That's how it works, right? What about what about when you get 4.1 billion dollars in lobbying just last year? What does that do to taxation with representation? Like how many promises are made and dollars passed and handshake deals made for this 4.1 billion dollars in in lobbying? How much of your opinion do you do you feel is being heard by your representatives when 4.1 billion dollars is being waved around in DC in lo- just lobbying alone? Like who's actually represented when when these laws are enacted? Is it is it you? Like like uh, if you went to your congressman and was like, you know what, you should really uh, try to get this thing passed because uh, it affects all the people of our community here and the you know the community that you represent in the state of whatever, like here in Iowa. I send my con write to my congressman and I say, hey, Mr. Congressman, I think like I've talked to everybody in our community here that you represent and we feel like this would be best. Could you try to push this? Or do you think it's uh, like the big pharma lobbyist or the the big food lobbyist knocking on the door? It's like, hey, uh, we got $4.1 billion. Uh, you should pass this law. That kind of benefits us, will benefit you. Um, Waving money around. Yes, I know, supposedly, the lobbyists don't pay the politicians, but you know there's, there's money going around there. If not money, the promises made, like the revolving door of, you know, you pass this law, and we got this great job for you at Halliburton, or this great job for you at... Um, freaking Monsanto or something like that. When when your term is up, we'll make you CEO of this this corporation. And it's just this fucking revolving. And then you're going, going to make billions of dollars for sure. Like, who voted? Like, which one of you voted to send the billions of dollars to Ukraine? Or consented to send billions of dollars to Ukraine? I mean, that's just a, a sh- like off the top of my head example of where your money is going. Like I, I know for fuck's sake, I had, I had no, no consent to sending billions of dollars to, well, well, we, we vote for our representatives and they, they make the policies to send the billions of dollars to Ukraine. But that was like, when you're making policies that wasn't on your political platform, your political agenda. It's like, you know, we're going to send billions of dollars to uh, Ukraine. Uh, vote for me. No, that wasn't like how many laws, like thousand page laws go through that your representative doesn't even read. But they get some kind of handshake deal. It's like you push this thing through. We're going to make this one easy for you. Uh, freaking. uh your representation 
your consent for that law to be passed through. That that your representative never even freaking probably cracked the binding on. And you know for you know they never read at least read the fine print in those thousands of pages of freaking uh bills that are being pushed through. Like taxation with representation. Um what about like Illinois? Here, let's pull this up. Here is an image of like red versus blue in Illinois. Uh, Illinois is predominantly a blue state because uh, of all the like millions of people up in the Chicago areas. Uh, but predominantly, it would appear that the majority of Illinois is actually red. But the representation is going to be more predominantly blue. All the taxes that get passed are going to be uh, more Democrat. I, I don't give a shit. They're both they're both freaking retarded. So I don't I, I don't care if it's red or blue. I'm just saying um, the majority of Illinois is ran by a small little chunk of Illinois. And it's the same in like California, New York. If you look at their red versus blue maps, it's just like uh, we, we know California is a Democrat state. We know Illinois is a Democrat state. We know New York's a Democrat state. But geographically. Probably 90% of all those states, well, maybe not California, but New York and Illinois, probably 80% at least is red geographically. And laws are being passed that I would think, based on how this is split up, would be considered taxation without representation. And maybe, like, like I said, maybe I just am not a political scientist where I know what any of the shit even means. But, I mean, I don't even, like, this This is freaking so far from taxation of the consented or representation of the consented, because I think if you took a poll, whether Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whoever, of who agrees with 100% of the direction that the U.S. government is going today. I guarantee you probably 90% of them say, uh-uh. But you voted for them or you didn't vote for them, and uh, this is a representative to democracy, and they say, if you don't like it, just vote them out. If you don't like it, just vote for the next guy the next time. Better luck next time, guys. Uh, just go vote. Get out and vote. Stop paying your damn taxes quickest way to solve a problem. Derek says 4.1 billion split between all the House and Senate. That's still a nice chunk of change. It's true. Now, do you think our founding fathers, that's, that's a good point. I don't know how many people are in Congress, but I mean, I can do the math. I just don't want to right now. But not only just the members of Congress, but also their aides and their staff and uh, their staff staff and uh, the the Supreme Court justices and their staff and their aides and then the president and all the people that work in all the freaking um, agencies and all the freaking committees and subcommittees. Do you think our founding fathers had that in mind of paying that big freaking bill? I want to see. Let's see. How many employed 
employees executive branch. Just the executive branch. We'll go with that. Oh, well, the armed forces are considered. So uh, the executive branch employs more than 4 million Americans. Interesting. I don't know. It's a lot of fucking people. A lot of people that you are paying for that are making laws that I don't, I didn't consent to. That are making passing bills that I didn't consent to. Taxation without representation. Everyone basically says everyone who is taxed gets to vote. I mean that 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 taxation without with taxation with representation is everyone who gets taxed gets a vote, or everyone who votes gets taxed. Kind of flipping flipping it around, but but if if everyone who's taxed gets vote gets a vote, then everyone who votes gets taxed. It should make sense. What about felons? What about federal, like people who have served federal time or jail time for being a felon. I know some states say uh, if you're a felon, you can never fucking vote again. But does do those same states say if you're a felon, you can never be taxed again? Because if you can be, if, if this is taxation with representation, then if you're not allowed to vote, you shouldn't be required to pay taxes. This this one is a little um, this one will ruffle some feathers. What about what about immigrants? Immigrants who cannot like illegal immigrants who cannot vote, but still are required to pay taxes. I mean, again, that one's going to ruffle some feathers because uh, a lot of them are paid under the table, but they're still paying sales tax. They're still paying uh, gas tax and. Um, Somehow paying property taxes, I'm sure, if they own a, own a house. I don't They're They're still paying some taxes. Should they be allowed to vote if they're paying taxes? Or if they're not allowed to vote, being illegal aliens, should they not have to pay taxes? I mean, you get the hard right saying, well, all these immigrants should be paying their fair, sh their fair share. Well, then should they be also allowed to vote? I mean, again, it's it's kind of a dicey area. But... I don't know if if we're going with taxation with representation, it just would stand to reason that everyone who gets taxed gets to vote. What about the other way around? What about um, everyone who votes gets taxed? And we hear on the left, let, let's fight both sides. On the left, they're like, well, I don't know, Elon Musk or Donald Trump didn't pay a dime. Elon Musk didn't pay a dime in income tax because he's a billionaire and he doesn't have to pay income tax. I, I guarantee you Elon Musk paid far more taxes than you will ever even be able to comprehend in your brain what that much amount of money looks like. Maybe not through income tax, but through payroll tax, through freaking property tax, all this other shit. He's paid a lot of taxes. But what about those on like social programs, like uh, like on welfare? I'll just throw it out there. What about people that get welfare checks and that is their sole source of income? 
they're not getting taxed on that income. They're not paying income taxes on that. Should they be allowed to vote? Should they allow, be allowed to vote on social programs specifically? I mean, it's a dicey area. If you're saying uh, people who taxed, who are taxed, get the right to vote. Well, what about people that don't pay taxes? Do Should they not have the right to vote? Uh, Derek says, direct democracy, we'd all get a vote, but then the cities would rule everything. Yes, unfortunately, unfortunately, that's how it would work. Somebody please tell me how we have taxation without representation or with taxation with representation. How, how, how do we have this? How is, how is the United States still considered taxation with representation? Because there's a lot of stuff that I don't consent to, specifically paying taxes. But there's a lot of bills out there. Like, like I could, I could, I could come to terms with certain taxes. Like, like the whole taxation is theft mantra is ideal. I would prefer to pay no taxes. I think our government is a bunch of fucking crooks and we should not pay, be paying them a goddamn dime. But you can say, that, well, that doesn't work. How, how do we, what about the roads and shit? Well, fine. Let's have, like I said before, a flat tax system. Where we, but, but the thing is, we all have to consent. We all have to collectively get together. We all have to see what we are paying for. Not these thousand page bills where we're slipping in. Well, let's pay for, um, the fine arts or let's pay for this thing that people don't fucking care about, but we need to subsidize it. And if, if we don't subsidize it, it's going to fail because people don't fucking care about, it. no, I want to see everything that I'm paying for. And then when we see, like, we get to vote what we feel is important enough to, to pay for. And then when we, after we vote on what we should be paying for, we get to see transparently how much that all costs. And so then we'll collectively come up with a, tax, a flat tax rate that's going to cover all those costs. I mean, it makes the most sense. It's like, you know what? I want this covered. I want this covered. And I want this covered. I don't I don't need that. I don't need that social program. We don't need um, to to pay for those those studies or, or this. Uh, but we do need this, this, and this. What's that all come to? Well, it comes to this many billions of dollars. Okay, well, then we divide that up. Um, we, we take the the total that everybody makes in this country and we come up with whatever percentage that is and it's a flat tax percentage, it makes the most sense. It's like, well, you want this stuff, you got to pay for it. No, I mean, that's that's kind of unrealistic. Obviously, we still would, like, like Derek was saying, we still have the cities ruling the show. We still have, I mean, we're a fucking 50-50 nation where one side of the country is like, no, we don't want this. We don't want this. That's evil. That's Nazism. And over here, it's like, no, we don't want this. We don't want that. We uh, that That's evil. That's uh, that's communism. Obviously, we're it's unrealistic, but it, it makes the most sense. But it's still unrealistic because we still would have half the country feeling that they're underrepresented. So, so what do we do? Split it up on a state-by-state -state basis? 
um, dividing up, like, get rid of the, the big giant conglomerate federal government? I mean, ideally, yes. Maybe just have somebody there that's like, y'all just get along um, and just do it the way it was intended on a state by state, like back to state or local government governments. Your state, like California decides that they want to pay for this, this and that and this, but Iowa over here is like, I don't need that shit. Your state, your problem, you pay for it. You got a bunch more fucking homeless people over there. That's your problem. You pay for it. Now, you'd have some states, I mean, all this does is inevitably lead to states fighting states. And we we go, we get back to exactly where we are, probably where people are discoursing over, uh, over freaking civil divorce, whatever they're talking about. National divorce. Like, you don't like where this country is going. Yeah, stop paying. Well, then stop. people are going to get pissed. And national divorce just seems like the only solution sometimes. And even in this whole um, ideal situation, national divorce would probably ensue. Now, the problem is... So many people I see on social media calling for national divorce. So many people. And I'm all about it. Like, we can't get along. Just split and go our happy ways. Hang on. Derek, I'm missing missing Derek's uh, freaking comments. Derek says, I thought about running as a write-in this year for Missouri House of Representatives simply because the one running didn't have anyone running against him. And in four years, he hasn't done shit. I mean, you don't have to do shit if nobody's going to challenge you on it. Um, vote down everything that increases taxes, propose stupid bills just to show everyone how idiotic some of the current bills are. Um, he also says he gets to Iowa every chance just to not pay taxes on food. And to take nickel cans, which I may or may not have paid the deposit on. <laughs> I, I, used, I, I remember those days when I lived in Illinois, crossing the border to get the, um, uh, the nickel back on the cans. Anyway, where was I going? National divorce. We get, I mean, it sounds like, to some people, it, sound, it sounds like just, it's, it's like an action movie that's going to have a great ending. And it may have a great ending. It'll probably have a really shitty ending. Um, the problem is, how many of you like, like people would be like, oh, I'm going to fight this war. I'm, I'm going to split up. I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I fully support. How many of you are actually willing to simply stop paying your taxes? To take that risk. It's like all of us, you know, before we try this national divorce thing out, why don't we all just stop paying our fucking taxes and see how that works out? I mean, I, I'm not saying that I'm sitting here not paying my taxes. Obviously, some things you don't have a choice. You go to the store, you're paying sales tax regardless. It's not like you can tell the store, well, yeah, I know that that dollar thing is actually a dollar seven because uh, of sales tax, but I'm only going to give you a dollar. Just don't pay the tax, man. That's fine. 
It's not, I mean, they're, they're not going to give you your, your freaking sandwich. Now, if you're not willing to not pay your taxes, I'm telling you, you're not willing to fight a civil war or have a national divorce. I'm just telling you that. Derek said it, and I, that was my next point. They can't put us all in fucking jail. 350 IRS, armed IRS agents can't put us all in fucking jail. Especially, especially if you're not paying those IRS agents. If you stop paying the tax man, the tax man can't pay their 350 IRS agents that are willing to use deadly force. Uh, do you think those, uh, those 350 tax agents are going to do dick if they're not getting paid for it? Unless they have, unless they really crack down and be like start threatening jail time to the IRS. I, I, I don't know, but for the most part, they can't throw us all in jail. I mean, you stop paying taxes, you stop paying the jails to the jail systems too. You stop paying taxes, you stop paying, um, the, you stop paying for the, the police force that would throw you in jail. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe something like that, something drastic where you don't even have to use any of your expensive bullets. And I'm not calling for, for violence. I'm not calling for, I, you don't even come to me, come back at me and say, Hey, this guy, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just vomiting out of my brain. The fact that this nation was not founded on high tax on on the the push against high tax, it was it was founded on the fact that it's like we don't fucking want you telling us how to spend our money. We don't like it. Wasn't even like, you know what? These laws suck. We're not. It was, it was more like, well, we had no say in those laws, so it doesn't matter if I like them or not. I ain't gonna pay your taxes. I'm sure, obviously there's a lot more to the American Revolution than that. But the whole taxation without representation just like it should mean so much more today than it even did back then because we ain't we're not represented. Whether you think this is a representative democracy or a freaking republic or whatever they call it we're not re you're not represented nobody gives a shit no politician no no freaking uh, congressman up on capitol hill gives a shit about your opinion it's all about those 4.1 billion dollars in in uh the lobbying how are we living up to the 4th of July holiday. Like, like that's a real question. Like, we're so complacent now compared to the revolutionary era. And there's so many people that say that they're patriots or they're revolutionaries. They're ready to fight uh, whatever. They're ready to, um, they're ready to take up arms. And it's just like, no, you're not. Like, as soon as the shit got a little hard, a little uncomfortable, you'd roll over. I probably, at this point, I probably would too. 
It's easy to eat your hot dog and yell freedom on the 4th of July. But it's it's a little bit harder to like demand your freedoms through your wallets, through whatever. This whole American experiment was about us collectively governing ourselves. It wasn't about like the hundreds of politicians up there getting getting fat and happy by ruling us over here. It was about us collectively ruling ourselves. And we are given a freaking list of tools to use to collectively rule ourselves. Like freedom of speech, like the freedom to protest, like the freedom to uh, own and possess and carry arms. We have the list of tools to collectively ensure that we can govern our, govern govern ourselves. But today, like we have to get a permit to carry a gun. And you can argue all day, well, the founding fathers didn't blah, blah, blah. That was a different time and muskets and blah, blah, blah. They didn't know about M or M freaking AR-15s and M-16s and all that shit. They, they would have had no idea. They didn't mean that. You got to have a permit to carry a gun, even though the Constitution says you can own guns. What about if that one's too much of a gray area for you? What about having to have a permit to protest on public property? Now, that one should be that one should piss you off even more than having to have a permit to carry arms. Like you, you could get arrested for protesting on public land. Because you didn't ask the government if you could protest on their their land, even though it's public land, which makes it actually your land. That I mean, that's where we are. You you think we live in this free country? You gotta you gotta ask for permission to protest the things that you don't like. And if the government says no, you can't protest that because we don't like that. You don't like the things that we we that you're protesting. Uh, Derek says, wonder if the IRS agents would shoot our dogs like the ATF. Most likely. Most likely they would. Uh, I got this last article. It's about all I got. What are your thoughts on um, on uh, taxation with representation? On like I don't know. Maybe I'm on to something with this whole, hey, let, let's just stop paying taxes, guys. I mean, we we screen taxation as theft. How many of you have actually? How many of you that that quote this taxation is theft mantra? You wear it on your freaking Facebook posts uh, to make sure everybody knows that you're a good, um, good, obedient libertarian by saying taxation is theft. How many of you have actually not paid your taxes? Just just out of curiosity. I know there's some people out there that. Um, that refuse to do that shit. They live off grid. They, they, um, with the, the sovereign citizen movement that they don't pay a whole lot of taxes, but for the most part, all you libertarians out there, how many of you have just stopped paying your taxes? I'd like, I would like to know that. Uh, Derek says everyone would roll over, take it up the ass once the government service stopped and not federal government, but fire EMS police. They stop, uh, they stop and normal people will cave. 
as the shelves in the store go empty. No, it's true. Farm animals in Missouri are taxed as property. Um, Derek has four goats on property and doesn't pay taxes on them. Okay, well, at least you don't pay taxes on your goats. I mean, that's a start. You got to start somewhere. Um, I want to read this last article because this was interesting to me. This is a 4th of July editorial from 150 years ago, uh, which is really cynical towards like celebrating the 4th of July based on where the country was at the time. And it kind of is reflective of today, too, I think. So let me end with this article here. If it'll pull up. Uh, let's see. It says, this editorial origi originally ran in Chicago Tribune 150 years ago on 4th of July, 1873. It provides a glimpse of what the Tribune thought of our patriotic celebration at the time and demonstrates that our nation's concern concerns and vexation haven't changed very much. Um, said, Derek says they're not his goats. They're his 13-year-old kids who doesn't get tacked. Uh, so this starts out, it says, the day we celebrate has arrived. So again, this was from 1873. So almost 100 years after the Declaration of Independence. So 100 years later, they were reflecting on celebrating the 4th of July, just as I am about 250 years later. The day we celebrate has arrived, and it is therefore incumbent upon each citizen of Chicago, we presume, to manifest the measure of patriotism which he possesses by such demonstrations in his backyard of a star-spangled character as best comport with his dignity and convenience. The occasion, however, which gave birth to the 4th of July is now so remote in national history and the American people have suffered so many petty tyrannies since the English yoke was broken that the primal meaning of the day has become quite indistinct. The result is that the celebration of the national anniversary has, uh, has of late years been a very heterogeneous, heterogeneous description. There is one class of people who make a fetish of 4th of July and, and fall down and worship it. We all know those people. The other class declares it a nuisance and runs away from it, if it is possible to run away. If not, it bears the infliction with philosophical composure and rejoices when the last rocket sputters itself away in the clouds and the eagle screams his last scream. The former class is conscientious in its fetish worship and, like a true devotee, is ready to be crushed under the wheels of the national juggernaut or to sacrifice itself in some other manner. Some men blow off two or three fingers, or even give up an arm or a leg for the, for the fetish. Small boys would cheerfully fill their faces with gunpowder or sacrifice an eye. Some men will get drunk and fall, fall into the river. Some will get drunk and, in the resultant fights, sacrifice themselves by cold lead or steel. Some will cheerfully contribute a smashed buggy, a wrecked horse, and two or three broken ribs. Others will set fire to their houses or stores and manifest their devotion by a general illumination. Others will fill themselves to repletion with green peas, cucumbers, and mint juleps and have <laughs> cholera morbus. The other class of people has already flown 
from the fortune or from the torture of Fourth of July to remote green pastures, far off seacoasts, and distant obscure hamlets where the eagle never soars, and the Star Spangled Banner, if it waves at all, waves in a becoming manner where the Fourth of July orator is as yet unknown, and small girls in white have something else to do besides run around in chariots and making themselves sick with ice cream and lemonade. The 4th of July will have plenty of celebrators or celebrators. I don't know. He's speaking in weird old English. There is no doubt of that. There will be plenty of noise. There's no doubt of that also. There will be plenty of accidents, casualties, fines, haps, and mishaps also. There's no doubt about that either. But still, the question recurs. What are we making the fuss about? If we must blow our legs off, burn, down, burn up our houses and fire rockets through our neighbors' vitals and get patriotically drunk and keep the everlasting birds screaming, why not have some motive for it? Why not have some method in our madness? For nearly 100 years, we have been celebrating a de declaration of independence from British power and hailing Columbia's heroes of the heaven-born band who fought and bled in freedom's sacred cause and also those American tars who doused the royal ensign so handy oh why not for the sake of variety at least have a change in the program there is no immediate danger of British tyranny at present nor is it probable that we shall ever again have to pay taxes to her most gracious majesty why then fire the American heart and the Chinese cracker every July why not get up a new declaration of independence the farmers have already got tired of patriotic business when there is nothing to be patriotic about and shooting squibs at the foreign tyrant who exists no longer and have got up a 4th of July of their own with a brand new declaration of independence. Why should not the whole American people go do likewise? There's just a good, just as good cause for declaration of independence now as there was a hundred years ago. The evils which King George and his minions inflicted upon us were no worse than the evils which are now afflicted upon us in the name of loyalty. Let us declare ourselves free from the corruptions of party, from abuse of power, from the monopolies of huge overgrown corporations, from the dictation of political bummers and scallywags, my favorite word of all time, from the frauds and preculations of carpetbag knaves, from the speculation and swindlings of Indian agents, from defaulting government officials, from credit mobilers, from back salary grabbers, from the interference with state governments, from rotten insurance companies and collapsing banks, from hot corn and grain gambling, from wheat corners and stock bubbles, from benzene, whiskey, and legislative lobbies, from emotional insane murderers and free love scandal mongers, from filthy alleys and cholera breeding slums, from fanatical Puritans and crazy freethinkers, from this goes on and on and on and on. It says, and in general, from long-winded Fourth of July orators, firecrackers, decomposing vegetables, skyrockets, hand organs, high taxes, nitroglycerin in brown paper packages, uh, taxes on pig iron, intolerance, bigotry, stupidity, and other blessings, which are vouchsafed to us under the Republican form of government in this year of grace and republicanism 1873 surely here are grievances enough for a new declaration of independence and material sufficient on which to get up a first class celebration with guns anvils trumpets bells and banners the old fourth of july has become moldy with age 
Let us shoot off firecrackers for something new and vital. And if we must sacrifice ourselves to our fetish, do so with the consciousness that we are contributing our legs, arms, and fingers and distressing our insurance companies for something fresher than a cent centenarian reminiscence. And all this we can do without any sacrifice of patriotism or any diminution of flag, eagle, or firecracker. So there you have it. Pretty much what he was saying about 100 years ago, I'm saying today. It's like, sure, we, we declared uh, independence from all that shit 250-some-odd years ago. But when are we going to declare um, independence from the, the swindlers, the scallywags up at, in, in the government? The collapsing banks, the insurance companies, the the stock bubbles, all, all these things that he was bitching about 100 years ago, 150 years ago, I'm bitching about today. Like the high taxes, the, the bigotry, the stupidity, and uh, the taxes on pig iron. I'm still bitching about the tax. I don't know what what's pig iron. All I know is... This this experiment only goes so far. This experiment, like, every year we should be keeping this fucking thing alive. But we're not. We're, we're just complacent, paying the tax man, letting them make the stupid laws that we, we fucking hate. We will sit here and bitch about it and say, well, uh, we, we got to vote this guy in, or we got to vote that guy in, or we got doesn't it, it, none of that matters i i've come to terms with none of that freaking matters until we get the person in there that's going to be like end all taxes that's great that, that, that's fucking great but we also could vote with our pocketbooks and say let's end all taxes just stop stop just stop i don't know maybe we should just declare like tax-free day or something where or tax-free year like Nobody pays their income tax in 2024. Let's see, let's see how long the government holds out. I mean, they've got us brainwashed to think that we have to do this or we will go to jail. I like, like Derek said, 20, 30 minutes ago, can't throw us all in jail. I don't know. Just my opinion. This Fourth of July, but I mean, we got to do something. Like, yes, go go eat your hot dogs or your boiled steak or whatever it's going to eat. But in the back of your head or in the front of your head, maybe have these conversations with yourself. Maybe have the uncomfortable conversation with, with the people that you're celebrating your so-called independence uh, with. Be like, look, what, what exactly is it we're celebrating? Yes, yes, we did free ourselves from the tyranny of boiled fucking steak. We did. We did it. But maybe it's time we focus forward and realize that we're in a much shittier spot than we were, but 100 or 250 years ago. Whatever, however many. I, I can't do that freaking math right now. The problem is, those people were willing to do something about it. They were willing to throw the tea in the freaking Boston Harbor. They were willing to. Like, give up all their comforts 
to make this the thing that was supposed to be us collectively governing ourselves and making the laws that benefit us, not not people that are lining their freaking pockets with your hard-earned hard money. I don't know. Some things to think about. That's all I really got. I mean, I can bitch about this all night. It's been not quite. Or it's been just over an hour and a half, so it was short, like I said. Um, let me know what you think. Let me know like where this thing moves forward. Does it end in civil divorce or freaking federal divorce? Does it end in um, like a freaking civil war? Does it end with uh, us just not paying and seeing where it goes from there? Because that would get really, I mean, that they will not go out without kicking and screaming. So it will get ugly. But it's got to start somewhere. Tell me what you think. You can find me all over social media, like I said, at the handle at BreakTheBellPod. Um, come hang out on Twitter. Uh, that's where I like to hang out. I haven't, because it's summertime and I do things besides just uh, like stare at digital screens. Um, I haven't been as active on Twitter, but I will get back into it here very soon. Um, we also have a Facebook forum, which is called the Breaking the Bell Forum, which is where you can come hang out without um, your friends and family knowing that you're as batshit crazy as I am because it is a closed forum. Um, everybody is welcome as long as you're a person and as long as you're not a total dickhead. Uh, so come join that. Um, like I said, our handles all across social media is at Break the Bell Pod. Share this shit far and wide because uh, um, more people need to hear stuff. More people need to know that more that we collectively disagree with what's happening. And the more people that know it, the more we can like kind of band together and come up with with freaking ideas. So share this shit far and wide. Because I love you for it. Uh, have a great 4th of July. Definitely. I, I know I ragged on eating the hot dogs and shit. I'm, I'm going to be eating hot dogs and, and chips and stuff too. And probably blowing off my fingers with fireworks. So I am going to be doing that stuff. But I don't know. Just kind of think about the shit. At least. At least once tomorrow. Think about this stuff that I talked about. And what it... What... The Declaration of Independence, what the American Revolution, what that all actually stood for. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy your 4th of July. I will catch you next time. Goodbye. The Break the Bell podcast is brought to you by you. So pat yourself on the back because without you, we would be talking to ourselves. A special thanks to our Patreon members, Justin Zelinski, Remzo Martinez, Stephanie Parker, and T.O. Jacobson. A shout out to our sponsors, Run Your Mouth Coffee, the On The Run Podcast, and Goulash Media. If you'd like to help support us, visit patreon.com slash breakthebell or buy our garbage at breakthebell.bigcartel.com. Get back here next week and let us continue to invade your ear holes. And as always, never stop talking.